listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Always good to be here, RJ, and yes, on a day in which we still have some outrage in the NFL over a signing in Jacksonville. We've got a doubleheader with playoff implications on the line in the NBA later on tonight. What is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? You know, I think this is another day where these stories don't seem related, but are. And I think this time it's going to be Russell Westbrook and the record-breaking triple-double performances and Tim Tebow, because I'm going to make the case, and we'll start with Westbrook, that the same sportscasters, the same media guys that don't like Westbrook, it seems like they should like Tebow, but they don't either. And I think it's interesting why that is, but Westbrook, to me, is the lead story. Yeah, and it was Westbrook's team, the Wizards, who lost last night to the Atlanta uh, Hawks, but that was not the story. The story, Russell Westbrook breaking the all-time triple-double record. He is now in the history book, surpassing the great Oscar Robertson. It's interesting. The great is that. Did he trademark that as part of his name? Because you, <laughs> you hear that all the time, and for a long time. And this is an example of your age, your generation, it matters. If you're below 30, maybe 28 right now, this Westbrook era is right there as, hey, that's basketball. There's a guy that potentially could average a triple-double. Oh, he did. Oh, he did a second year. Oh, I think now he's on pace for four out of five. Now, think about this a second. If I told you... There was a stat that, quite frankly, didn't, if I'm not mistaken, it did not exist, the triple-double, until Magic Johnson, where as he started to do this, it was like, look how often he's got, you know, double, 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 two digits each. And, it, and then they retroactively looked at it and got the count. But is, is that how you recall, Jonas? It wasn't really even a stat people discussed or even it got invented in Magic's era. Yeah, I, I, I think it was something along those lines because when Westbrook started doing this and he was averaging the triple-double for the season a couple of years ago, then we started to look back on, all right, what does this actually mean? Like, what does this accomplishment mean? And that's where Oscar's name started to come up more and more. And then you started to realize this isn't one of these long times since the peach basket was up on, on, <laughs> on you know, that this stat was around. It was actually developed uh, not that long ago. Now, I actually... This might be an example where you know our 10 years or whatever of difference comes in, because what I can say for sure is in the 80s, when I was you know a teen and, 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 and younger in the early 80s, is the triple-double was, was prevalent. It was discussed because magic was, you know, in a given year, he might have had 19 or whatever, or, or 14, and the next guy had three, right? So that distance was the story. And it was at that time you started hearing about Oscar Robinson. Now again, I was I wasn't around for Oscar, right? So it's an, that was a generation gap, obviously, for older people. 
But you always heard he averaged a triple-double. And it was like said in hushed tones. Like, how could a guy do that? And I think it's fair to say in Michael Jordan's era, it wasn't triple-doubles weren't discussed as much. But when Westbrook then started emerging, I think the historical context, I agree with you, but I would say for sure it was discussed a ton in the 80s because, as they would say, I was there. Um, <laughs> does that um, does that resonate? Yeah, no, and it's it's similar to like the three point shot. The three point shot was around in in you know when Chris Ford hit the first three in the history of basketball. It was the three point shot was around, but it was when Steph Curry and the league started to change it. You went back and said, you know, guys were hitting threes back in the day. It was there. It just wasn't looked at the same way as it was with this one uh, nowadays. Though, unfortunately for Westbrook. I think the way that it's been looked at has yeah. been a, re- uh, a reevaluation of history. Because I would make the case that up until Westbrook, the triple double, though it was recently emerging, you know, where it wasn't around in the '60s or whatever, it was well respected. That you know, you think, and I'm mean, not that uh, a rap song is necessarily going to be the decider. But if you think about the uh, Today Was a Good Day song when it says that I messed around and got a triple-double, it was like it was something to look at and say, this guy can score? I mean, if anything, it's the not the ultimate maybe, but it, a triple-double represents having a varied game, having many skills. I can shoot and score, I can assist, and I can rebound. And really on offense, amongst the counting stats – if I said, I got this player, Jonas, he can score, he can throw assists, you know, pass assists, any rebounds. You'd be like, I don't know if he's got enough for the team. I mean, like, that's all you can have, right? Ultimately. Right. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Now, the fact that double is two digits is kind of arbitrary, but you know what's arbitrary? 30 points per game. And so is 100. And so is whatever metric we want to use. It's kind of arbitrary most of the time. The human mind appreciates round numbers and simple numbers. We get it. right? It's not 12, 12, and 12. It's 10, 10, and 10. But for a stat that the one guy that averaged in the history of basketball triple-double for the year up until Westbrook was called the great Oscar Robinson. And that is common. For that, then, to have a guy do it four out of five years and to be so uh, almost to the point that people begrudge having to talk about it. Like, there's no celebration. I mean, think about that. Imagine, you know what this would be like? Someone hitting 400 in baseball four out of five years. Because think about it. Demag- or uh, Ted Williams hit 406. It was a yeah. long time ago. He's been, he's been uh, put up on Mount Rushmore, Williams. He's exalted. And then someone comes along and does it four out of five years. How amazing would that be? And does that feel analogous to you? Yeah, and I also think the same thing would happen is the first year somebody did it, you would look at and it would be celebrated and we'd be in awe. And then for whatever reason, we just become, I don't know if it, greed or un, unappreciative is, is the better term of when these guys continue to do this stuff. It just becomes, oh, well, yeah, big deal. He did it three years ago. And, and, and I, I felt myself the same way when I saw that he broke the record. It did nothing for me. And, <laughs> and I, I, I just I, I didn't think, oh, my God, what an amazing accomplishment. I, the first year he did it, I was much more 
hard-pressed. And that was, you know, two or three times ago that he's been able to put up numbers like this during the course of the entire season. Now he's the greatest of all time. And I just find myself sort of numb to the accomplishment. I think you're right, but I think it's even more than that. So first, we got our stand-in producer, Spencer. Now, he's not Spencer for higher fame, though that's what I think of when I hear Spencer, is check on that triple-double in regards to Westbrook specifically, how often he's uh, had. I think I, I think it's four out of five years this year, if he get, which he will, but we'll see. We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas, I agree with you. When something becomes not novel, when it becomes common— it's less exciting. Yeah. You know, any, <laughs> there was the old joke. I remember when I was a kid, this might have been like on One Day at a Time or something, a sitcom that I, they did a revival of, but was in the 70s with Schneider and the cigarettes in his white shirt. I don't know if you ever saw that. <laughs> but they said, here's the thing about marriage is get a big thing of jelly beans. And every time you make love the first year, you take a jelly bean and put it into the second jar. Then... After the first year, you take it from the second jar back to the first, and you never get that first jar empty, or that second jar empty was the joke. And I was a kid going, hmm. (laughs) But the fact is, it's human nature. As things are new and fresh and novel, they're exciting. And when things are old hat, well, they're not as exciting. And again, that's a great metric. If you're in love, it can maybe beat that, but the fact is that's a rare thing because humans like things that are different. But I think it's become not only apathy towards it, Jonas, not only, oh, we don't care, no big deal. It's active disdain, it seems like. Almost like he's going to the Oscar Robinson shrine and writing graffiti on it, in a way. And I just wonder why... That is, in that, that, that I get it. He, you know, that's the thing. The old cliche would have been with Westbrook, and maybe that's the question. Well, let me ask you this question Do you believe that the media in general is hard on Westbrook? Yeah, I, I because we go back to this bottom line sort of philosophy and thought, which is, yeah, but are you winning titles? All right, because if you don't win titles, then you don't matter. And, and that's sort of taken on the tone of the NBA to where a player gets dismissed if he doesn't win a title. It's Shaq's first go-to with Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was a great player. I, I think people, because he's been such a, a successful broadcaster, I think people lose focus as to how good he was as a player. But the first Agreed. go the first first go-to every time they have a back and forth is, yeah, but you never won any titles. And that feels like this is this is sort of layered underneath whatever Westbrook accomplishes. You just look at him and go, yeah, but it's not, it doesn't result in championships, so why should we care? Yeah, I think you're right about that. But, there's, but still, could you imagine Westbrook even getting the TNT gig? Meaning... No. Yeah, meaning Charles against Shaq, maybe he's going to say, Google me, Chuck, and, and you're going to see that. I always want to say that. I never can find the right spot for that. <laughs> but, but, but the fact is, I agree with you. We do count rings here in this country, and I kind of like that, to be honest with you, because winning, all, I know it's not the best gauge always, but to some, to some degree, I don't know if a guy, I don't know if Jordan could have ever been kept from winning a title. Yeah, no matter what circumstances he yeah. was put in, especially considering that Chuck, as we call him here in Vegas, 
went from team to team. It's one yeah. thing to be on the Sixers. He went to the Suns, went to the Rockets. And those were kind of some precursors of the all-star, you know, the super teams. Yeah, and uh, Rick Buecher was on uh, Speak for Yourself earlier on Fox Sports 1, and he made the point that part of the problem is Westbrook hasn't really made himself an engaging personality mm-hmm. to the media. And so because he's standoffish, because he, he's not really into all the uh, you know sit-down interviews and, and making the media tours and making the rounds, and because he's such a guarded guy – some people in the media, not that they take offense to it, but they're not as warm to the idea of celebrating him as maybe they should be. And I think that's also an aspect here. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, it's fascinating because as we've talked this through, what I'm seeing here is a few things I know for sure, which is the idea that winning cures a lot of ills. If you win, it's kind of hard to complain. And in the media today, we look at winning as something it's hard to complain about. So Westbrook has not won at the highest level. Number two, it's effort. A lot of sports guys like to complain about these millionaires and their effort. With Westbrook, that is not pertinent. So, okay. And then finally, I think it has something to do a little bit with the idea of the game has changed. That somehow this style of ball isn't what we call basketball. And I think with the threes, you're seeing that, right? With the three-pointers, there's so many being made. And it's like it's destroying so many records. We're all looking and saying, huh, how do we... How do we put this into context? Are you really telling me the 50th best shooter today is better than Larry Bird? Because the numbers might say that. And with Westbrook, again, I don't think it's fair to say he's, he's benefiting from that. Because you know why? Nobody else has ever done it since Big O. Literally, if Westbrook would have retired the year before he did it, we'd be sitting here talking about... Do you, ever, do you ever think it's possible that someone could average a triple-double in a season again? We'd have that same conversation because no one else has done it. In the history of basketball, since Oscar Robinson, one guy has done this, and he's done it four times. How can't that be amazing? It's yeah. like, imagine the big thing when I was a kid, and this was because it was so long before that, but it was Carl Lewis and Bob Beeman's long jump record. It was like 30 feet, this idea of that 30-foot jump. If some one person had jumped over 30 feet time after time after time and no one else had, no one would say, oh, the altitude has changed. Oh, it'd be like one guy's done it, no one else has done it. One guy has done this, Westbrook. No one else has done it. And it's something we thought would have been the greatest, one of the greatest accomplishments anyone could have in a regular season. But somehow, no one seems to care It seems coincidental that Westbrook doesn't play a style 
ball that most of the sports writers or sports casters are not a big fan of. Closing thoughts, Jones. Yeah, it's just funny how we look at stats differently. For the longest time, the benchmark, if you were a successful running back in the NFL, was 1,000-yard season. Did you have a 1,000-yard season? Well, when you actually go back and do the math, what is that, 63 yards a game? I mean, that like that's what we're talking. And now with mm. the extra game, it just. but it's funny how we look at certain things as real accomplishments and then others we just sort of take for granted. I think this is one of those ones that we take for granted and myself included when it comes to what's and, and, and if anything, I, I don't think this is even... Because we're all affected by even a media guy like yourself by what you hear in the media. If every day someone's talking in hushed tones about something, can you believe that? It's just human nature to... Even if by osmosis, it drifts into your thinking. And it's scary. Because we don't even know, none of us do, what influences we are being affected by. And if we can identify biases, we can try to eradicate them. And you guys know me. I'm not one to talk about. <laughs> it's funny. There's certain days I bet you could clip up the show and say, boy, RJ seems to be pretty liberal. And other days you could clip it up and go, I think he might have voted for Trump. I hear that sometimes. I think you could have. It's like it'd be a secret or something, right? Like I'm going to hide it like I'm in some <laughs> special club. And it's like, you know what? I just try. I try to look at this. From the same perspective, we all think we're doing it. Like I call the call it the way I see it. We all think we're doing that. I do think if you're following any party line too closely, it's hard to think that's your thoughts. And sometimes I'm one way, some way. Times I'm the other because it feels right. It feels right to me to acknowledge that certain styles of play are loved and certain styles aren't by the general media. And we've got to acknowledge, I think, when those biases affect the perception of a player, because ultimately the history of Russell Westbrook is going to be written by, unfortunately, the media. And to me, it doesn't feel, you know, last thought on this, Jonas, when you're a kid, you're 18, 19, you have your first love, an older person laughs a little, oh, first love, puppy love. But the reason I think, and I think it makes sense, that it's so impactful for people, is you've never known anything else. Meaning one day you were too young to be in love, and then one day you were in love. And sometime during that time, if someone asked you, well, what about your next girlfriend, next boyfriend? What's that going to be like? What do you mean next? Like this is all you've known. As you, then when that breakup almost inevitably happens, it's crushing for a lot of people. Why? Because the only family or the only love they've known has always been there, let's say. I mean, some people have unfortunate parents die or something, but for the most part. And then it's gone. And how do you deal with that? Now, when you're 30, when you're Jonas, who got married a while back, but had a grizzled <laughs> lead up to that. I mean, is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, a, like a grizzled batter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been th- I've been through the wars. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And, and 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 really that to me I love it when a guy you know past thirty finally finds the one because though there's never a guarantee of anything it's at least you know you've been around right at least you know yeah and to me it, those relationships always have the best chance but it doesn't change the fact as time passes you start to kind of get used to it it's not fun but you get used to it. And to me, where does that connect? It connects when you're in an era. You can say, it doesn't matter what the sports writers write. We were there. We know. 
But you think back to John Stockton, and I don't think there's any bias against him. I think there was a bias against Malone and Stockton because they were killing records, and it felt like it was about longevity more than anything. But just, you know, that's an interesting question, Jonas. When you watch The Last Dance, Stockton and Malone were a big part of that. Yeah. Didn't it feel like the first time you've seen any footage of them in a long, long time, hasn't it? Yeah, Carl Malone's one of the great all-time scores in NBA history. We don't ever hear about him. Like, it's just, oh, you know, it's, uh, you know, his style was boring. It was, all right, well, if the, if the goal is to score points, he was as good as almost anybody in the league, uh, in the history of the league. What are we talking about here? John Stockton, same thing. Like, I mean, if the, if the goal is to distribute and try and, you know, win games, I mean, they won a ton of games. They had some great teams. They were competitive in those finals. And unfortunately, they get lost in, in the conversation. I mean, if you really think about it, MJ never went to a seventh game in the finals, which is amazing. Six out of six, never went to a seventh game. But if you look at the Utah with two minutes left in game six of the last six championship, Chicago was probably an underdog to win that series. Because with two minutes left, and if you go to YouTube, that last two minutes is, 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 is why MJ's MJ, in my opinion. But... Utah would have had Game 7 at home. Utah yeah. probably would have been a – I can remember the lines in that game. They probably would have been like a one-point favor. Maybe pick them. But if you almost assume that Utah had Game 6-1, which they almost did, then you go to Game 7, pick them, it means you're pretty much a coin flip from MJ losing that sixth title. No, what other team could you even say of those other series that it was even close? I mean, it might have went to six games with Seattle, but you know they were up 3-0, they let it happen. I mean, that Utah team could have been one of the 20 best teams of all time because to be that close to beat the Bulls, that's reasonably what they were. And a great home team as well, too. Oh, that, that building. That game seven would have been a home, oh, yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome. I actually, I, that, I would have loved to have seen Jordan in one game seven. Just one game seven just to see uh, how that would have gone. It, imagine if he flipped that and, and, and he somehow loses game six easily, but game seven was game six with him doing that last night. <laughs> hey, listen, it's more like a movie than it should be. So yeah. let's give him credit. 